0: Hi, this
1: is Chris Cooper and welcome to uh, yet another edition of the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. Uh, Wonderful to have you here today and to be talking with uh, three amazing guests. We're going to be talking about the artistry of engagement and I'll introduce you to Libby, Stephen and Owen uh, very shortly. Uh, I'd first just like to do, as I always do, and say a big thank you to my guest last week. Uh, Mark Croston uh, was fascinating. He was the chairman of the World Dodgeball Association, the vice president of the Rugby League, and it was really fascinating talking to him about the growth of dodgeball and you know, why it's more than that comedy movie that you might have seen in the, in the 1990s. Um, so do go and get tickets for this year's World Championships in Madison Square Gardens. It's the first time it's going to be in New York if you live over there. And do check the interview out if you're interested in how uh, you know, they built uh, engagement and, and created this uh, movement with 64 countries now involved. So what has poetry, music and art got to do with leadership and engagement? Well, if you love uh, poetry, music and art like myself, uh, then you'll know that it's actually got an awful lot. And I'm really, really excited today about today's really unique interview. It's unique for a number of reasons. Uh, It's actually the first time in now 280 unique shows that we've had three leadership uh, guests together. Um, But also um, we've never had three leadership guests as well who are really talented artists as well on the show. So it's literally a triple bill today. Uh, There's my friend, Libby Wagner, whom I loved interviewing a few years ago. Libby's a poet. She's a teacher, a writer, a speaker, and she works with organizations who are large and small and leaders across the globe. She's a really trusted advisor for presidents, CEOs, executive directors, uh, and has helped uh, shape the cultures of all sorts of uh, Fortune 500 client businesses. She's the author as well of three great books. Uh, We also have um, Owen Sullivan. Um, Owen is a... uh, incredible singer and composer from ireland he's collaborated no less with the river dance composer bill whelan uh, the violinist nigel kennedy actor Russell crow director Steven spielberg the irish music legends the chieftains and he doesn't even mention in his bio um hugh jackman um so uh, incredible um background there and then we've got uh, stephen morris and stephen is an amazing artist you know go to his websites and check out his art He's a writer. He's an entrepreneur, and he combines a really thriving painting practice uh, with leading his company, M's Degree, which is a very successful brand evolution consultancy. So, we're going to talk about the circle of artistry, uh, and this is a concept which these three unique artists have uh, have come together, and they and they work with business leaders to to really help them to get, have a really deep and meaningful insight into what um, business leadership is about today. Uh, before we do that, one of the things they love to do is to um, you know, start sessions off with something uh, very engaging. And I just think what a brilliant opportunity to have Owen um, play us something. He's gonna play us a lovely song. I've heard it, it's called The Flower of Maharali.
2: Lovely, thank you, Chris. Um, yeah, and just to ground us in the theme, of engagement. I'll sing you a couple of verses of this song that I've just arranged on guitar here. And um, it really is all around the, the theme of making that vow, proposing to that other part of yourself, to your work, and uh, engaging in a way that um, is true to a love within you. By the end of this, Chris, all of us will be going forth, proclaiming our new vow to the world. That's my that's my wish for this interview.
1: Wonderful.
3: One pleasant summer's. Nature was adorning, and the birds were sweetly singing. I met my love near Bambridge Town, my lovely Sally. She is the queen of the county down The flower of Maralio I hope the day will surely come when we'll join hands together then I'll bring my darling home in spite of wind or weather and let them all say what they will and let Them real and rally. I shall wed the girl I love, the flower of my rally.
1: Wow, I mean, that was just beautiful
2: <laughs> Thanks, a world premiere for you there the first time i've performed that now publicly
1: yeah oh, wow and, and and maharalio is that a place in ireland
2: maharali yeah in county Down, northern ireland there yeah
1: ah it's absolutely, absolutely. beautiful just uh listening to that partly with my eyes closed and partly watching snowflakes as they yes uh, look, uh, outside um just magnificent <laughs> thank you thank you what a great way to start well, Owen, I'm going to talk to you again in a moment, but uh, as we've got uh, four of us on the line, I'm sure, uh, I'm going to go to Libby first. And Libby's the the business poet of the group, and I do hope we have a you know a minute at the end of this interview to have uh, uh, Libby read us some of her poetry as well, because that would be a great way to end the show. But Libby, do do tell us a little bit about how you all met and you know why you're all together.
4: It's really great to be here with you again, Chris. As I've said before, you're my favorite interviewer ever. So when we launched our business last fall, I that was the first thing I thought of, as I thought, well, we, want, we want to talk to Chris Cooper. Um, all three of us have a, a common friendship and interest in the work of, of uh, David White, the, the uh, British uh, poet-philosopher and the work of uh, John O'Donohue, who is the, sort of the philosopher-poet uh, from Connemara. And uh, I think I've said before, I met Owen in Italy, and Steve and I met through uh, an Invitas work around conversational leadership, and we found this great affinity with with each other because we're all practicing artists, we're all entrepreneurs and we really have a sense that uh, the world of work and especially leaders are hungry for something more and so we began to think about what this might look like and I love that Owen began with the notion of a vow because I feel like what we're committed to are the vows that we make to be engaged in our work and our life in completely different ways.
1: Yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful sort of you know thought. That isn't it about making this vow to, uh, to to engagement and to engaging. Um, well, that piece was incredibly engaging um, that you just shared. But actually, yeah, it, it's 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 such an important subject, isn't it? That you know maybe we do need to make that conscious decision that we're gonna commit to it.
4: We like to think of ourselves as the antidote to business as usual. And, uh, you know, and we're, we're really um, tapping into that longing for something different.
1: Fantastic. So, so this is something different. And uh, Stephen, do you want to maybe tell us a bit about Studio, including, you know, who you're helping, um, what would be a great result as well from this wonderful collaboration of talent that we've got here today?
5: Yes, of course. Thank you, Chris. And thank you uh, again so much for having us on the show. It's just uh, such an honor to be here. You know, so the studio, as we see it, is at its core, it's a transformation team. And it's also a consultancy of sorts. Uh, We work with organizations and their leaders to provide a framework and a safe space and really a robust place to practice what we consider self-awareness, which is an, an important attribute to leadership, and also what we call wholehearted leadership in expanded ways. And we feel strongly, and this has been proven by years of um, you know, uh, both data and certainly our experience, that in organizational life, the people are the engine for all of commerce, and for innovation, uh, you know, in, in all of us, we need to tap mm-hmm. into the best parts of the individuals. Uh, and then this leads to profit. So. You know the leadership spearheads innovation through the manner in which they, they orchestrate their organizations and they lead and they treat their cultures. And so with this in mind, uh, we're partially in the business of self-development with leaders and certainly with the individuals within teams, but also how, how that work uh, informs and deepens the team connection and their ability to innovate. So, you know, Peter Drucker smartly points out that all profits are derived from risk, um, and risk is born out of innovation. And we believe that the studio and, and all the work that we're doing these days co- connects directly with that element of innovation and self-awareness.
1: Mm, I think you, your mind just took me back to I don't know, maybe twenty-five years ago, something something like that when I was uh, when I was a graduate and I just uh, joined my first company after college and. Uh, It was a sales director and he was retiring and he, uh, we'd had some conversations and uh, I literally started on the Monday and he retired on the Friday, but he came over to me and he said, Chris, could I, could I share uh, something that I would say is the most important thing I've learned on my career and leave it with you. And I said, yeah, sure. And he said, Chris, people are everything. And then he Mm -hmm. walked off. (laughs) And I think that sort of just came to me, you know, when you, when you shared that, that, uh, It is where commerce is about people, isn't it?
5: Yeah, and it's about people on both sides. Um, You know, so from our perspective, it starts with the people who are, you know, amongst the highest levels of the organization, typically not just one individual, but a series of individuals that we would consider leaders. Uh, but, also, the people that follow those leaders and the vision that those leaders put together, and then the people that are also responsible for creating the innovation that happens within organizations so that they can move that company forward and then the other side of people is the people that they're trying to reach out into the world that you know in in most of our worlds we would call a customer or a client or something along that realm, and we think it 's important to have very deep um, connection between all of those people, and um, you know, so it's part of the work that we do, and it's a, it's work that we're utterly committed to. And you know, a lot of people ask us sort of what are the challenges that we solve within businesses, and. You know, the, the the kind of the short answer to that would be it really depends upon what the needs of the client are because, you know, a lot of companies are very unique and they come to us with a particular challenge. The more in-depth um, response to that would be is that we work with leadership identity and engagement. So uh, it's our belief that the more the leader better understands who they are and all of their strengths and potentially even their weaknesses, that they can show up much more wholeheartedly within their work environment. And then really the second thing that we work on is we help organizations enliven and foster innovation within the organization. And we think that self-awareness feeds that innovation and feeds teams to be much more innovative. And then really the third thing that we help organizations with is what we consider team unity, engagement, and identity. So while the leader needs to understand themselves, the individuals within those teams need to understand sort of who they are in their wholehearted approach to work, but also what the team identity begins to look and feel like because you know it's one thing for an individual to have an identity it's a very different thing for a group to get together and form sort of the identity that sits within the beliefs within the organization so we help with all of those things
1: wow i'm sensing lots and lots of very deep conversations and uh, not, not the average conversation that goes on in an office um much deeper than that so um let's, let's um sort of move on from that and just um we we talked about you know engagement being you know some artistry and we talked we entitled this the artistry of engagement and i and um i wonder what um what you know personally brought the three of you to kind of collaborate on this and um you know and also i've got to ask you Owen. to to we've got four minutes to, to break but i'd like to ask you as well what it's like working with people like steven spielberg and russell crowe because oh. people are gonna be wondering that <laughs> well,
2: listen, people, people are everything, Chris. And uh, I mean, right now, as you can hear, I'm, I'm surrounded by people like Libby and Steve who have such clarity and such wisdom around how organizations come together and how people work. And it's extraordinary today that we do have to remind ourselves that people are everything. It's a very unusual place where our society has found itself. It's almost embarrassing, really. From an artistic perspective, to have to um, almost defend or talk about why people are everything—it should. This is something that should be self-evident, or should be very remedial and primary to everything that that we do. You know, and in, especially today in our world of artificial intelligence and big data, we're even becoming further removed from the idea of engagement. I mean, no amount of artificial intelligence or no amount of data will ever replicate the feeling of engagement. And that's really what we strive to do. And as you know yourself, Chris, as we all know, engagement is an extremely mysterious thing. It's something that comes from within and it is, uh, it's is—it's all to do with, um, with vision, an inner vision and making some kind of commitment to an unknown within you. So um, that would be my first response to what I'm hearing here today. But as to to to, to take it back to the uh, to the old Hollywood um side of things, I was very lucky to bump into Stephen and Russell. Um And on the west of Ireland, everyone travels to Hollywood to go, to go, to get into the movies. And I just had to stay in Ireland and um, I met Russell there. He was unveiling a statue to one of his great mentors, Richard Harris, the Irish actor, Richard Harris. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of years later I met Steven Spielberg and his extraordinary wife, Kate Capshaw, um, when they were attending a a week, a week long walking tour of the poet David White. So, uh, built up fast friendships with them and worked with them on different movies and things and um yeah which is an extraordinary kind of side like I got to join the circus you know for a little while and to peer into that world um yeah but it's not it's not the world i would i would wish on anyone it's it's a very hard world very tough world behind the scenes you know well
1: that's uh Lovely to get a little bit of insight into that world. Uh, We're going to have to go to commercial break now in a minute, but I think what you've really, you know, I think we've what we kind of established here that people, people are everything. You know, we have to go, you know, deeper with people to uh, help them release things like, um, you know, innovation, Um, and uh, you know, I think there's, uh, I think there's also, I you know, really get what you're saying about you know engagement. It's a mysterious thing, and that you know that song you played us, you know, that's that's touch very deeply with your. With your emotions and with your inner self and, and I can start starting to really see that you know through music and poetry uh, and through art that you can start to touch uh, some of those inner feelings and uh, meanings and start to understand maybe a little bit more about what's going on with your inner self so we're going to come back after the break and we're going to then talk about uh, the five steps to the circle of artistry you need to come back you want to hear what we've got to share in the next, uh, the next uh, section so I'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes
0: You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper.
1: Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with uh, Libby, Stephen and Owen. We're talking about the artistry of engagement and... Uh, We're also going to talk now about, in terms of artistry, about uh, you know, a concept called the circle of artistry, which is five steps. You can find more about that on, uh, on the, the website, on Studio's website. Um, but so let's talk about it. You know, what, what are they and top line? What do they actually mean, Libby?
4: Well, thanks, Chris. I think, you know, I was thinking about this, um, about this idea of, you know, talking about what we do. And, you know, I, in my work, I've had uh, the opportunity to lead lots of organizations through strategic planning and, you know, other kinds of processes. And, you know, there's a bit of an oxymoron about this idea of the dreaming of the business vision and then planning the details of the implementation. They're not always great bedfellows. So one of the things that we decided and discovered is that we would develop something that, that uses the elements and the process and the um, principles of artistry itself to help the organization and the individual leader come to life. So these five um, phases of artistry are really a way of recognizing and cultivating the best and most beautiful ideas um, by using these principles. So for, I'll give you kind of a quick overview. First, there's this intention phase, which is really the seeds of inspiration. Um, And kind of the desire of what is going to emerge. Then there's the creation step. And this is what I like to call the messy making of something. It's, um, you know, sometimes chaotic and painful, but we're in the creation process. And then there's the refinement stage, which is really the application of craft or skill. There might be testing, there might be editing, there might be some back and forth. And then the next stage is offering. This is the release out into the world in whatever way that that comes. And then one that we find is really unique, which is the receiving stage. And this is the actual conversation that you have with your audience or your clients. And it's the deep listening for what is here and what is next. And so if you think about those five elements, those five stages or principles of artistry, it's easy to see how the individual artist would move through that process and the the leader moves through that process as well as a team or a group or a business
1: excellent so we're kind of talking about a an innovative process like you mentioned earlier Stephen, um through that through mm-hmm. that thinking yeah to, exactly. from inspiration to to bring an offering out to the world um and uh, then receiving the feedback on it um, so, so Stephen, tell us a bit um, about a bit more about inspire. Sorry, intention, uh, which Libby just referred to there, and you know why this is a, a very much an internal process.
5: Yeah, it's, uh, it. Uh, you know, obviously everything starts and, <clears throat> and to a, a certain extent ends with intention. And the reason I say ends with intention is that, you know, we see the circle of artistry is not just, uh, you know, a circle and then you're done. It's a rejuvenative process. Where once you go through the circle of artistry, it leads you back to a new foundation, a new understanding, even new perspective of uh, perhaps a deeper awareness that would create a new intention or new set of intentions. So... You know, intention starts, and Chris, you made this point, which we completely agree with, that it is always beginning with an internal conversation, and that is either a conversation that the leader or the team is having with themselves, and that could be an intention that is pointed at a particular challenge or obstacle, or even opportunity that the organization or the leader might be faced with. And so that can be formed in the form of a challenge or a question uh, or a series of questions that uh, first begins internally, but then there can also be in team environments, conversations about the intention. And the reason intention is important from our perspective is that you know any, anything in the world of business and certainly anything in the world of artistry has some intention to move people out into the world. And so, you know, if you look at it that from the perspective of, you know, corporations and organizations, they're creating products or services that have some hopefully clearly intended benefit for their customers that they're trying to reach. So getting clear about what that intention is should be formulated first internally and then articulated in some way. And, you know, leaders are always balancing this really interesting thing between what we would consider their personal ambitions uh, and what's best then for what, you know, for the organizational good and for the public good. And so, you know, the challenge with intention is sort of dancing between those two lines. And and the other aspect of intention is, you know, getting clear and focused about why you want to create what you want to create, and how you want to move people in that in that uh, creation process, and there's actually an engagement element to that as well. So intention should match some level of end effect engagement that you move people both either in an intellectual and or a, an emotional manner. So you know I've always walked around the world thinking about this mindset that <clears throat> people are people are. Never confused into anything, so they have to first and foremost understand what it is that you're talking about. But they're never really fully engaged in something until you touch their emotions. So when we think about the the phase of intention, it should include how we go about moving people and answering that question as clearly as we can.
1: And is um maybe Owen or Libby could just interject uh, here, but is that I. I wrote a book called The Power to Get Things Done, whether you feel like it or not. And what I've found with um, you know, people getting things done and, and following them through is that one of the hardest bits is that, you know, what, is, what are my intentions? And it can be, that's the bit people often get stuck on. It can, can get, you know, great frustration um, um, as they're trying to work out what those intentions actually are. Is that, am, am I on the right, um, you know, on the right sort of page with this? Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is Owen here, Chris. Yeah. yeah. The-
2: that's ex- that's an extraordinary experience, and we've often heard the the analogy, you know, to be faced with the blank page, and what do you do? Or often the same feeling if if you're ever faced with the blank Google search bar, like you have the whole world is there for you to face. But what do you do in the face of that um, overload of that overload of potential? And that's really where. As Steve was talking about about this intention phase, it's about a type of a listening, and not a not a physical listening. This is a metaphorical listening, a listening to yourself, a deep listening. Um, it's also a vision, again, not a literal vision, but the metaphorical vision, a looking inward, a seeing something that's invisible, a seeing the invisible world. It's amazing that the, the corporate world is actually. I'm 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 tickled that it is peppered with all of this extraordinary analogy that you have such a thing as a vision statement, which sees the invisible aspiration of things. It's a total uh, acknowledgement of making the invisible world visible, which is a very ancient form of um, prayer, actually, and of blessing. And so when, the, uh, when you're faced with this blank page, all the great... Wisdom and all of the great art traditions talk about this centering, this coming to ground, a removing of shoes, the letting go of armor that has brought you to the these places. The, the things that have brought you to the place are the things you must now let go of in order to enter into a new world of mastery. And to enter into that world of mastery, you have to return to a type of an innocence that has to be allowed to enter into the clearing that's been created. And so that clearing is the blank page, what is my intention? That intention is a very tender, a very shy, a very awkward, a very innocent and a very naive thing that must be allowed enter. And that type of thing is not what has brought you to that clearing. What's brought you to that place is something that's pioneering, robust, aggressive, outward facing. But now the time is to turn inward and to allow something very tender. This time of year actually is the perfect analogy for it where the first little green shoots that have been incubated in the darkness of the winter are allowed to very tenderly express from the earth. So that's where we are when it comes to those intentions. Again, it's extremely mysterious. No one can tell you how to do it, Chris. Like if I could bottle it, I'd make a fortune. But all we're saying is, what's required is um, everybody knows actually what to do and that is the thing that can be actually terrifying for us is that we know what it is that we're required to to do and to say but the time has to be right
1: for it. Wow and there's some um, there's moments when that comes through it, it, it doesn't always come through in a linear process that the you know we talk, guess we're talking about creation now but um, it, it you know it can be something that starts to come through maybe we're out walking or you know in the, in the shower or whatever it's not um, something we can force I think that's what I'm trying to say
2: <laughs> absolutely yeah the element of timing there is very important and being open to a seasonality being open to um, a time when things are right and a time when things are wrong which involves all sorts of deep intuitive type of analysis as well as um, deep data analysis too, yes. but um, certainly without the intuitive vision, um, only a type of, a, you'll only end up with a sort of a mechanistic type of version of, of, of things that would leave you expended and and exploited and, and exhausted, you know.
1: But is, there, but is there anything we can do to kind of, you know, help, help in this process of creation?
5: I, can I, I said... interject? Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Libby. Libby.
4: Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that, you know, I, I like, Chris, that you mentioned that this process may not be linear. And, um, you know, uh, I've done a lot of work around this idea that an inspired path is not linear. And despite the fact that we have these sort of, you know, steps that we've articulated around artistry, phases, principles, you know, we call, and they, and they make a circle, you know, it's an unfinished circle. And um, we also know that the spaces between intention and creation and refinement, each one of those can sometimes be meandering and wandering and seem like um, they're going against what what the modern business world says we must do: work with speed, be focused and singularly um, uh, intentioned. And actually, what we know is that that is not sustainable in business or in life. And so, um, it 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 does meander. And it invites into it the principles of um, both the masculine and the feminine energies, actually, around what we're, you know, what we're after.
1: Mm. So this is quite, um, you know, <clears throat> what we're saying is, I mean, modern business often you know, requires us to, you know, force fit things into timescales, doesn't it? We need to have our... Mm. We need to have our intentions clear. We need to create our vision, um, you know, within the next three weeks or something like that. And what we're saying here, it's not necessarily linear and it can meander. So do we need to give ourselves, you know, the time to be able to create? Uh, Stephen?
5: Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. I I just recently gave a keynote talk um, to a very big group and the, the whole conversation was around curiosity. And, you know, it's interesting as we think about intention and even purpose. And, you know, there's all this sort of mindset out there that says, you know, follow your passion, follow your purpose. And I actually think it's a relatively dangerous advice to give to people. And so I, I the advice that I would rather give is follow your curiosity. And I think one way to do that, and Chris, you brought this up uh, a few moments ago, is the, you know, you know asking the question really, have you ever wondered why that we come up with some of our best ideas when we're in the shower or out for a walk in nature or, you know, when we have these moments of silence where we're looking across the vast horizon? And the reason that that happens is that we shift from our conscious mind into our unconscious mind. And so, the conscious mind, from my perspective, exists sort of you know, if, if, if I think visually. So, you know, I, it exists sort of in this bubble that's about two feet around us. And it's all the, it's all the stuff that has recently informed our, our mind and especially our strategic mind. Um, but once we get beyond that and we get, you know, we get into the shower or we go out into nature or we're spending quiet time with ourselves, we actually then begin to tap into this brilliance an all-knowing, unconscious mind. And at that point, we let our guard down from the the conscious of the strategic mind, and all kinds of new and beautiful ideas come to flood into our consciousness. And we get to tap into that wider field, which is full of mystery, full of the unknown. And then we come up with ideas that we wouldn't have normally strategized about and you probably can't come up with in a, in a quote-unquote typical brainstorming session that happens within the corporate environment
1: wow so it's it uh, yeah i really um i really kind of kind of get that um you know that need to to allow really allow things to uh, to come through and i think um it's, it's very interesting these sort of phases because i think what i i notice in those sort of phases is that um you know people can when they're not allowing um, can feel a lot of frustration, but, but maybe frustration always precedes clarity. I, I don't know if, <laughs> if that makes sense, Libby. hmm mm-hmm.
4: No, I, I think so. Uh, actually, you know, our friend David White says right before a a big transformation, transformation, you must get really tired of yourself. And yeah. so I always think, wow, I'm very transformative in nature because I'm constantly tired of myself. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, and I do think, you know, like that's that messiness, um, you know, or, or what Owen was referring to as, you know, something that is quietly forming in the dark, but we don't know what it is. Like there's a part of us that doesn't know what it is, although our internal self does.
1: Yeah. Well, we're going to have to go to commercial um, break now. Um, after, the, after the break, we're going to uh, look at the, you know, the other aspects of, um, of the circle of artistry. So we'll talk a little bit about presentation and receiving. Um, And then I just, um, I I guess before the interview as well, I'd like the opportunity for Libby to uh, leave us with a little bit of poetry as well, um, which was uh, really well received the last time uh, I did an interview with Libby. So um, we'll be back with you again in just, a couple of minutes do, um, do uh, join us and if you've got any comments and thoughts about the show please email me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk I'll share them out as well with uh, Libby and Oren and Steve um, and uh, you know, we do sometimes even uh, we respond to people with um, you know, additional thoughts and ideas too that might help if you've been inspired by this so we're back with you again in just a couple of minutes <laughs> Hi this is chris cooper i'm with uh, with Libby and Steve and Owen and we're talking about the artistry of engagement and I was imagining myself on this kind of wonderful sort of meandering path through a forest while we're talking uh, about those uh, the area of sort of creation uh, of intention new intentions and creation it's uh, it's not necessarily a linear sort of process and it you know it happens over you know over maybe a more than just a you know one or two brainstorming sessions, there's more to it than that. But you know, Libby, can we get sort of you know really clear now? Um, you know what is refinement, and you know how does that shape this leadership artistry process?
4: Well, I think, uh, Chris, that each of us as artists, we could talk about refinement as the application of craft or skill. You know, um, as a poet, I might move in between creation and refinement where I'm making decisions about how I'm using language and things like that. But when we think about the idea of the leader and the way the leader might be in the process of refinement, I kind of think about this as a an inner conversation and a conversation with others. Like, the leader who is committed to, to her refinement um, in, uh, as a leader uh, in, in the principles of artistry is going to continue to grow and develop, and that person is going to invest in her learning. Um, and to cultivate curiosity, Steve was mentioning curiosity before, and so I think refinement is about this sort of adjusting, calibrating, moving, uh, even judging, and and saying yes to certain things and no to other things, before we get ready for the next place, which is this idea of offering and um, presenting or performance.
1: Really interesting. I he talking before the break, all of you about curiosity. Um, I was. I was uh, interviewing a, a, a direct global director of a very big um, sort of global coffee uh, company with restaurants. Um, you, you probably guess um, one or two names that it might have been. Um, and uh, they was, what they were saying is that the number one thing they hire people on is curiosity and that's what they're looking for in their cvs and the you know the the way they they venture from the path in terms of maybe exploring um new, new innovative things and getting involved with charities and uh you know what they do with their past time part-time you know their past some their their leisure time sorry um so it's interesting that you know some of these big organizations are looking for that and uh, that very important skill uh, mm-hmm, absolutely demonstrated so Stephen we've so I I sort of get refinement uh, now and uh, let's talk about the presentation and the performance of it how do leaders best you know immerse themselves in this and do it well Stephen
5: yeah, it's, uh, you know, from our perspective, it's uh, one of the most integral parts of the, you know, uh, of any creative process, uh, be it from an artistry perspective or even in the corporate environment, uh, you know, the world uh, in the corporate world is they go about innovating their products and or services, uh, obviously presenting it uh, to their internal team and then ultimately to their broader audience or to the world is, um there's an art form to it, and it is exceptionally necessary to do that, um, and and think about that from both an art for artful perspective, uh, and do that that is tethered into the intentionality or the intention phase that we that we go about. So, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, having spent many many years in corporate environments, you know, and, and you sit through. Uh, on both sides of it, where you're working with someone, or you're working with a team that's about to do a presentation to either a client or to an internal team, and things like that, and it's full of angst. And uh, and the same is true in the world of artistry, by the way. You know, there's there's this: will they love it? Will they receive it? Will they even understand it? Kind of thing. And I think that there is a, a way to tether in the intention, creation, and refinement stages into that so that the manner in which one goes about presenting and or performing whatever it is that they've created can be woven into the heart and soul of those things to be created. So uh, it is... From an artistry's perspective, is one of the most important things. I mean, you know, no business would work in this world if they said, we're going to create a bunch of stuff and then never show it to anybody. Uh, and an artist really isn't an artist from our perspective is, I'm going to go write a song, but I will never perform it in front of anyone else. Or I'm going to create a, po- a piece of poetry... Mm-hmm or painting and it will never be seen by the light of day it is this thing that turns this internal process up to this point into the external world
1: Mm, uh, yeah i'm sort of imagining now you know the importance of maybe some people would just present something which is you know facts and figures and numbers and research but actually how you know how do you bring that alive in the way you know it looks and how you make people feel and uh, and how you engage them through maybe stories and that sort of thing—is that what we're talking about here?
5: I think it's one of the things that we're talking about here. Certainly, you know, and, and that form of presentation, uh, from my perspective, ought to be you know sort of shot and put out the pasture or something like that, because no one wants to see that. Now, you can certainly weave facts and figures and numbers into a presentation that would that would be financially driven, but if it's not tethered into the why. We're doing what we're doing. Then I think people miss the context.
1: Yeah, into the, into the deeper meaning. I'm going to, going to move on, sort of looking at the the, the time. Um, Owen, um, let's talk about receiving now. What um are the final the final stage in this uh, in this circle?
2: Yeah, receiving is the harvest of the circle of artistry. So having having presented, having brought to market your 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 offering then there is an extraordinary experience of standing, um, usually from my perspective, standing at the back of a concert hall uh, and meeting people after a performance. And of course, after a performance, there's this heightened sense of consciousness. You just want to run away, you know, back to your hotel room or whatever, and uh, gorge yourself on a chocolate cake or something. But to actually go out and meet people who've experienced your performance just after it has this amazing feeling and that's just one example of, in from a from an arts perspective, of receiving, of really um allowing the feedback from the crowd to uh, inspire, to um to inspire you, to uh, modify or change, or really just it, it it's almost like a nourishing of what's to happen again. And again, it nourishes that intention. It allows you to approach the blank page again in a new way. We believe if you cut yourself off from that very vital point, you cut yourself off from a from um, a, a fertilization, from a, a nourishment perspective, because that really helps you. So um, when I'm faced with the blank page again, I can really return to seeing people inspired by what I have done in the past or not inspired too, that can also, um, spur you on to action. And of course, in the organizational world, that's really all around, um, feedback and listening, you know, really listening, listening to your organization, listening within and listening without to, to the people that you interact with. So really the, um, the, the uh, fifth element of the cycle of artistry, that receiving element, is really around harvest. What is the quality of nourishment that you've put out there, and how does that then inform you as you begin the cycle once more?
1: Mm. And, and I'm imagining, in that, you know, a, I'm imagining, you know, having been, a, you know, being a speaker myself and standing on a stage, and it's very easy to walk off that stage and not take the applause. Um, but to stand there and really take it but oh but yeah that's
2: a huge um, thing actually when, when you're a performer is being able to take that applause and that's a, actually a really really um, refined type of um, uh, act that requires a lot of experience to stand there and hold an applause while an audience really wants to show their appreciation to you. And it's your duty to stand there and take that appreciation, Uh, not out of ego, but out of, it's, it's closing a loop, you know? And if you run off that stage, that energy has not been grounded. So you have to stand there, receive that energy, take it in, hold it, bow, you know, acknowledge, look around, take that energy, and then turn, and walk slowly off into the wings on to the next gig.
1: Yeah, and I think some of that applause is as well, you, is, is, um, it's, it's about the audience, isn't it? They want to give that applause, and actually you're doing them a disservice by not taking it.
2: It's a total waste of energy, yeah. It, it's a tragic waste of, of potential that's, that's there in the room, that can be harnessed, drawn in, and then utilised to propel the next cycle of... Of artistry
1: wonderful um i'm just um now again I'm mindful of the of the time and um I, i'm just am I'm just imagining now you know working with the three of you uh, you know the most incredible experience that people will have um through you know through your your artistry uh, yourselves but also you know, it's more than that you know what we're having now is a very deep and meaningful uh, conversation, you know a, a, a deeper than the average um conversation that takes place. That's for sure. so I'm just really interesting from you know your perspective and you know all of these um, activities and events you've done with clients. you know what what do people actually experience, Libby working with you?
4: Well, I think Chris, that um, I love that uh, Owen mentioned the nourishing aspects of um of receiving um, applause because I feel like that what people experience uh, initially or or above all else is a deep and nourishing journey with both personal and organizational change and it's because we invite all the messiness of these elements of artistry to come into the metaphorical room and the real room i mean we really are helping people create what we call beautiful businesses from the inside out. And so that might show up. We have a peer, peer coaching group called the Studio Circle. We do immersion retreats. We, we speak, and we're amazing live, by the way. So we, we show up on stages and things like that. But, um, but people will experience something new. And we know we're not for everyone, but we also know there's a great hunger for what we do.
1: Excellent. Well, I don't want to miss this opportunity, Libby. So uh, I'll, I'll come back for some final short messages if we have the, have the time. But uh, would you like to share you know, a poem
4: with us? Uh, I'd love to, to. I'd love to, Chris. And, you know, I want to share one that, that just was released this past year on a project that Owen and I did together, a true artistic collaboration where we, we were both sort of in each other's art. And uh, this is called Now Just This, And I think for leaders, this is really about cultivating that notion of being fully present, fully wholehearted where you are right now. This morning, precisely because your heart has broken one last time, you rise from the damp linen sheets where you let loose irreverent dreams and rumpled wishes. The slow slide of one arm in the bathrobe sleeve, and then another. The rose-tipped sun has risen defiantly, deliberately, just so you can stand in the garden. The happy dahlia faces and buzzing lavender. Oh, black-eyed Susan shivers before all the morning sounds begin. Here, you snip fresh basil and parsley, Snap the curly kale stems and gently, gently pull the ripe cherry tomatoes. Before your mind begins to lawn mower and weed whacker for answers, you climb the stairs holding the backyard harvest, the sound still and glassy, the mountains holding their promises. Now, just this, a knife and board, an easy skillet, farm fresh eggs, And sharp coffee.
1: Wonderful, thank you, thank you, and I'm I'm so looking forward to seeing that rose tipped sun again after uh, such a cold (laughs) start. (laughs)
4: It's a promise (laughs) of spring for us.
1: (laughs) Promise of spring, it's it's around the corner, it's coming soon. I've got we're really running out of time now, so I just want to ask very quick final message, uh, Steve.
5: Yeah, you know, one of the things that I want to make sure that we say here is that um, one does not have to be a self-proclaimed artist to benefit from the studio work and the work that we do in the world. You know, one of our driving forces uh, for the creation of the studio was to help leaders really reclaim their primordial self as a creator. And we feel that this is not just a, a noble undertaking, but one that would benefit many, many organizations. After all, we believe that we're all born as creators, and so why wouldn't people want to deepen their own personal and leadership development skills, self-awareness, and apply it to the benefit of their company? So that's our invitation.
1: Fantastic. Well, I'm going to leave us on that point. I've uh, been wonderful talking to uh, the three of you today. Absolutely loved it. Uh, really, really engaging in, uh, for people, I think, and some you know great thoughts, great ideas. To find out more information uh, about um, Studio Leadership, go to studioleadership.com. Uh, check that out and uh, I would take the opportunity if you can uh, to um, get the opportunity to see uh, Libby and uh, Owen and Steve um, uh, with your leadership team uh, and uh, or on stage um, or take any opportunity you can because I think it's going to be an amazing collaboration this. Uh, on next week's show we have John Blasky. John uh, is a tremendous guy. He's a real expert and has been for 40 years in face-to-face marketing. He's helped me greatly with a, an event that I've had on recently so we're going to talk about face-to-face marketing all you in options there so a huge thank you uh, to libby steve and owen hope you've enjoyed being on the show today
5: thank you so much chris oh, yeah. So much, yeah wonderful chris. conversation absolutely fantastic time thank you chris You're
1: very great well. as always thank you um so wish you all well i look forward to speaking to you all again next week